So go ahead and close your eyes and get comfortable. Sit upright, but relaxed, lay down comfortably. Take a couple of deep breaths. Now let the breath return to normal. Focus your attention on the thinking process. When a thought arises, notice if it's internal dialogue, words, or phrases. If it is, label it talk. If it's an image, label it image. The image can be clear and vision-like or vague. It doesn't matter. If both are present, you can label talk and image. As the mind quiets, the grosser thoughts may calm down or even go away. But there can still be a sense of non-specific movement in the mind. This movement 
is a subtle processing, a pre-conscious or subconscious processing. In this subtle level, the thoughts are not clear yet, yet you know you're thinking, that there's no words or images. We can observe the movement, the energy. You might experience the wave-like vibratory nature of thought. Notice if it speeds up, slows down, spreads, gets more or less intense. Sink into that experience. If it helps, you can label it calm or movement, depending on how you experience it. You may go back and forth from the subtle processing to dialogue and images. It doesn't matter. Just label it talk. Image. Movement. What matters is that you notice your thoughts in whatever form they take.
I'm going to ring the bell in a moment. Set your mind, set your intention to stay mindful as we open our eyes. Anyone have any questions or comments about this practice? Yes. Microphone. <coughs> Who's got the microphones? Okay, there we go. Oh, gosh, I didn't even notice. Um, when you have strong emotions, do you label them talk? Um, in this practice, when you're doing this, yes. When, when you actually have a thought about the emotion, if you're just feeling the feeling, uh, no. Just, but, but notice the thought part of the emotion. For instance, like if you have anger, you know, let's say uh, you have anger towards someone. So usually there's a thought going on in your head at the same time that you're feeling the anger. So in this practice, you, you just label it dialogue, talk, unless it's an image. So... Um, if there's strong emotion, it's not necessarily what the practice you want to work with, but if you're working with this practice, then it comes up. So, any other questions? The, the mindfulness of thinking, um, and feel free to, if, you, if more questions come up as I, as I talk a little more. Um, okay, I'll go ahead and then I'll go back to it. Mm-hmm. So you were, so were they, um, yeah, I mean, that works, that works, sound, yeah, yeah. So, so in regular mindfulness practice, that's actually what you do, you know, you go, oh, sound, hearing. Um, so just recognizing that it's sound and hearing, usually there's a thought there. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thought. And what we're looking at, uh, it's, it's, it may seem a little bit picky, but really what we're looking at, uh, by paying attention to at that subtle level of our thinking, uh, that's where our beliefs come up. And when we do this as a practice, when our beliefs and our ideas and other things come up, you know, we, we begin to recognize, oh, that's just a thought in there. You know, we start creating a little bit of spaciousness. We don't automatically say, you know, oh, I'm a klutz. Oh, no, no, that's a thought that I'm a klutz. You know, and there starts being a difference because you start observing the thinking process as just something that's going on with our nervous system. So, thank you. Um, this is mindfulness of thoughts. It's probably the, one of the hardest practices to do of the, of, between mindfulness of the body. That's, mindfulness of breath is pretty... It's right there. It's easy to find your breath any time. Usually mindfulness of the body, you can feel something in your body. And that's also, especially with pain, that usually you know, lets you know it's there. Um, and mindfulness of emotions. Emotions are kind of large, you know, so, so we kind of tend to feel them. Some of us easier than others. 
But mindfulness of thinking, thinking is so prevalent. I mean, we're continuously thinking. And it's really, um, it, it, it's in the background often when we meditate. We don't choose to notice that we're thinking. Um, I notice when I'm meditating regularly, it's like I'm much more aware of, of all the other things, you know, the, the emotions and the body and this and that, but not necessarily thinking. I have to really focus on paying attention to thinking. And by doing that, you start noticing a lot more of what's going on in your mind. Um, and really what we're looking at is to recognize harmful thoughts and harmful beliefs. And we can begin to incline our mind to let go of them. It doesn't mean that they're going to stop. Like if you have a thought, like, you know, oh, how could I be so stupid? You know, and you notice, oh, that's a thought. And then you notice that's uh, an unhelpful thought. Just by recognizing it, it's easier to drop it. You may not drop it that moment, or you may drop it and, picking it up and pick it up the next. It doesn't matter. Every time you recognize this, it loses a little bit. It loses a little bit of its momentum. Um, if we notice that we're being impatient, we can bring patience to our impatience. Um, if we're being cruel, we can bring kindness to our cruelty. If we're being cruel to ourselves. If we're judging ourselves, we can stop judging the fact that we're judging ourselves. We don't want to suppress our thoughts. So sometimes when we have unhelpful thoughts, we tend to think, oh, we don't want to have that thought. That's a bad thought. No, no, you know. So it's really important when we have these unhelpful thoughts to recognize them for what they are. They're habits of mind. They've been there for a long time, they have momentum, and they're not helpful. Just like if you're dusting, you know, you don't say evil dust, you know, you just kind of dust it and move it away. Um, so, so that's um, the attitude with which we watch our thinking is really important. To watch our thoughts with kindness, with gentleness. So I'd like to go right into a, uh, one more meditation here. And uh, this is a meditation on the breath. And what we're going to try to do is focus on the pleasure of the breath. Um, so I'd like, to, uh, I'd like you to again get into a meditation posture that you're comfortable in. Close your eyes. Take a couple of deep breaths. Relax. Pay attention to the physical sensations of breathing. If you have pain right now, if 
you have any significant pain in your lower body, try to pay attention to the breath closer to the nose, to the face, to the upper part of the body. If you have pain in your face or head, try to pay attention to the breath more in the abdomen. So you want to be paying attention to the area away from the pain. If it's neither of those areas, just pay attention to the breath wherever you you notice it most, wherever you're most comfortable with it. We're going to explore two pleasant qualities associated with breathing the oxygen pleasure that you experience with when you inhale and the relaxation pleasure that you experience when you exhale. First, we'll work with the oxygen pleasure. Take a breath. Breathe out and hold your breath out for just a moment. Notice the little bit of discomfort that you feel when you hold your breath out. And when you're ready, breathe in and notice the pleasant sensation that contrasts with that discomfort. The pleasure of the nurturing oxygen filling your lungs. Focus in on that pleasure as you breathe in. This is the oxygen pleasure. With every breath, focus on the oxygen pleasure of the inhale. We'll work with the exhale in a little bit. So just for now, just work with the inhale. Pay attention from the beginning of the inhale to the end of the inhale. Let everything else be in the background. Now, inhale and hold it in for just a moment so you feel a little bit of pressure in that inhale just by holding it. And as you exhale, feel the pleasure and relaxation of letting that breath out, exhale out. This is the relaxation pleasure. Now for a short period, just focus only on the relaxation pleasure every time you exhale.
from beginning of the exhale to the end of the exhale. Stay continuous with it. And now start including both. As you inhale, notice the oxygen pleasure from beginning to end. And on the out-breath, the relaxation pleasure from beginning to end of the exhale. Maintain continuous contact with the breath. If any discomfort or pain arises, allow it to be there. Don't resist it, but just keep going back to the breath. Now let go of all techniques and establish simple contact with your entire body, with any body sensations that come up. going to ring the bell in a moment, slowly and mindfully. Open your eyes when I do. I know that wasn't very long to work with that, but how was that for you? Were any of you able to feel the uh, oxygen pleasure and the relaxation pleasure? Yes.
breathing from the place in my body that is hurting instead of like the actual mechanism. Mm-hmm. I, I transferred it to something that was hurting as if I was breathing in and exhaling from that place. And um, it was it was inter- it was interesting to try to do that. And um, I think I think it was helpful as far as relaxing some of the that that's actually a version of the practice we did last week of local intensity and global spread. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a similar type of practice. It's a great practice. Yeah, and, you know, feel free to experiment with these. You know, a lot of the techniques that are given, you know, they're, um, they're variations that, that sometimes like a little bit of a change like that might work really well for us. So, any other questions on this particular meditation? I want to mention one other thing about pain, uh, about stress. um, The stress-pain connection. Pain produces stress. Stress increases pain. Managing stress reduces pain. So what chronic stress does is it causes hormonal reactions which increase pain. Um, what is stress? Uh, the stress re- response has three components. The first one is the physical, which is like increase in blood pressure, muscle tension, stress hormones, cortisol in, in particular, a lowered immune response. That's the physical side. The emotional side of stress can be anxiety, worry, sadness, anger, shame, and it can go on and on. The cognitive side of stress are the thoughts and images we hold around it. The ideas of ourselves, uh, uh, the conclusions we make about our lives or beliefs. Uh, Even without any additional stress, the, um, the hormones in our body actually have a cycle, a stress cycle. In the early morning, we have higher levels of cortisol than we do in the evening. Cortisol decreases pain. So it's the reason a lot of people have less pain in the morning and flares up at night when our cortisol levels are naturally the lowest. Sometimes people wonder about that. You know, they go, God, I just start hurting. It gets nighttime and I start hurting. That's part of the normal cycles of the day. Um, women have, you know, hormonal activities, you know, uh, monthly hormonal activities where they'll get migraines right around their periods. So our natural cycles of hormones uh, affect uh, the, the stress hormones. Um, and the only reason I mention that is because, you know, sometimes we wonder, you know, what's going on? I was feeling fine and then all of a sudden, you know, so sometimes just these natural cyclical things, you know, and we don't have to figure these things out. You know, sometimes, sometimes people who have a lot of pain have periods of no pain. What's happening? 
you know, and sometimes if we try to figure it out, we're not, um, we're really not able to. We don't really know because sometimes a hormone that was set off hours ago has an effect many, many hours later. So we have no way of knowing. Um, Whether we approach our pain by relaxing our bodies, letting go of our beliefs, or relaxing into emotions, it doesn't really matter. If you reduce your stress in any of those areas, it affects all the areas. So it doesn't matter which way you approach it. Any form of letting go, of relaxation, of kindness to ourselves, it doesn't matter. It all works in the same way. So um, I wanted to just mention uh, a couple of things about staying mindful during the day. Um, do any of you use an anchor? Are you all familiar with the term of the, the breath as an anchor? Is that something? No? Okay. Um, when we do regular mindfulness meditation, you know, we, we focus on the breath, and then if uh, a thought comes up, we, we notice thinking. If emotion comes up, we may notice the emotion. But we keep going back to the breath. So the breath is seen as an anchor. And um, um, during the day, we have a lot of different activities going on. And a lot, of, um, a lot of distractions. And how do we stay mindful, Can, you know, have the practice of continuously practicing throughout our entire day? And for me, using an anchor has been a really primary um, uh, thing that's been effective. And I like to use two different anchors at different times in particular. And the one that I like to use is my abdomen. I just check in to see if my abdomen is relaxed. Like I just got a, like a moment ago, I got a little bit of anxious. I'm like, oh, I don't have enough time to do everything that I want to talk about, you know. And immediately my abdomen tightened up. You know, and because I was paying attention to my abdomen, I realized, oh, I'm a little anxious there. Okay, and I let it go. So it's something that I can just stay stay with throughout the day. You know, um, I'll be in the car in traffic. I go, how's my abdomen doing? And very often it's like, you know. So so it's that it's it's incredible biofeedback. It's instant. It lets you know how you're doing. Uh, The other area is the breath. You know, sometimes uh, just staying present with the breath. You notice you're holding your breath. You know, you're listening to somebody who's saying something you don't want to hear. You're holding your breath. Um, Some people can use their face, you know, their jaw or their facial muscles. So it doesn't matter what your anchor is. But it's really helpful to have something that you use as your reference point during the day to stay mindful. Another guideline I use for mindfulness, uh, a lot of people get very confused during the day as to, well, God, there's so much going on. What do I pay attention to? And uh, the guideline that I like to use in general, doesn't work all the time, is to pay attention to what's moving. For instance, if you're washing the dishes, it's your hands that are moving. So I give most of my attention to my hands. If I'm lifting weights, um, you know, one of the things that's really important in lifting weights is that your posture is good. You know, you don't want to be lifting weights while you're slumped over. You know, so I have a global sense of my body, but then I have most of my attention on the contractions of my muscles, on what's moving. So, um, 
if you're talking, you know, you can have, um, you know, you, most of your mindfulness needs to be in what you're saying. <laughs> but I tend to focus on keeping my abdomen relaxed. Because I find if I'm getting anxious when I'm talking or, you know, really trying to prove a point, you know, I'm already pretty tight. Uh, so that gives me good feedback. Um, but in general, in non-emotional things, paying attention to what's moving. Um, if I'm walking, if I'm walking really fast, I tend to pay attention to global sense of the body, like my body moving through space. Um, if I tend to walk slow, like in the house, I'll pay attention to the bottom of my feet. It doesn't matter really what you pay attention to, but it's what works for you to keep you in your body. Um, like right at this moment, um, you know, what can you pay attention to in your own bodies and still listen and still participate and still have a sense of your body right now? What's, what's useful to you? So the, before we close, I'd like to mention a couple of um, non-meditation suggestions with pain. Last week I mentioned my two favorite ones, which is exercise that I think is uh, a movement which I can't stress enough. And the two was the nutritional one, which was um, elimination of sugar. Um, so there's two other things I'd like to um, offer up here. The first one is music. Now, they did this really interesting study. Um, they had 60 patients who had continuous pain from either osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, or disc problems. There was constant pain and for quite a period of time. And they broke up these uh, 60 patients into three groups. One group listened to music for an hour a day, any music they wanted. The second group listened to relaxation music they were given. And the third group didn't listen to music at all. They found that the two groups that listened to music, they were the same. They both had a 15 to 20% reduction in pain. Not just during the time they were listening, but during the rest of the day. The group that didn't listen to anything, they actually had a 1% increase <laughs> in pain. And probably because they're focusing on their pain, they're noticing, paying attention to their pain. Um, so the main thing about, about it is that music tends to make us happy. And so anytime we're happy and relaxed, it's good. Um, the second activity I'd like to um, touch on is laughter. Uh, just like smiling increases endorphins, laughter even kicks them in even more. It actually, they found that it actually boosts the immune system. Um, I think it was Norman Cousins who was very famous for curing himself, uh, you know, with laughter and vitamin C, but laughter mode. <laughs> um, it increases your circulation. Um, it decreases stress. They found people with la who laugh uh, heal faster, and it again decreases pain. Um, so if there's any way to bring that into your life in an active form, you know, one of the things is that we take our life, we take things too seriously, you know, and especially when there's pain, it feels serious. 
Yeah, so sometimes it's very hard to, uh, to come out of that seriousness and problem that the problems that we're having to deal with. And so anything we can do to bring laughter and lightness and lighten up in our lives is really helpful. So I'd like to just end with a uh, reminder to stay present and connected with our bodies during the day. To see if you can take those one-minute breaks over and over throughout the day. Keep that going. Stay relaxed. Take the time to really let go in your body. Keep a daily practice. And remember, as my screensaver says, whenever I feel blue, I start breathing again. So. So thank you very much.